tied for the most terrifying day of my life. I was what? Every other freaking day of my life. <laughs> How are you doing, you wonderful nerds? Scott here, and this is day 25 of Month of Monsters, a Scooby-Doo podcast where I am watching Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed every single day for the entire month of October and reviewing it with some great people from the internet. And today we have a special guest, Kevin from Arcadeology. How's it going? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Did I say that right? Yeah, Did I pronounce see, it okay? It is. It is all good fantastic i get that because i i don't know sometimes i don't know how but sometimes people get my my main channel on the internet is nerd sync and sometimes they can't quite figure that one out (laughs) (laughs) i get i don't know i've gotten like especially in emails i've gotten like you know the thing that bothers me the most and it shouldn't is right two things when people put a space in there there's no space in there it's all one word and also when people don't capitalize the s in the middle and i know i'm like breaking a lot of grammar rules but like that's how it is for me that's but how you know what that's it's your brand. brand it's your brand it is like grammar can can go punt if when it comes to branding that's what that's i right. always say that's right <laughs> we're making up words because everyone else already like trademarked all the good ones so <laughs> uh but either way thank you for joining uh what do you do on the internet for people who want to know i make videos about video games which is a thing about a million other people do uh but i try to focus on like the history and development of video games uh think of me as no clip without the budget or the access (laughs) fantastic yeah no i uh i was a friend of mine who previous guest on the show max mariner uh recommended your channel to me and uh, i've been digging it i've been uh i'm not much of a video game boy um, but I, I do love history. And so that's the angle that gets me a lot. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I try, I try to, and, and I'm actually, one of the things I'm doing now is I want to kind of widen the scope a little bit and, um, basically look more at what the, the overall like context of the game's release was like, what was happening in the world, uh, at this yeah. moment when the game came out. So yes. that's been fun. I love that stuff. In fact, I have a video on my channel coming soon about uh, Teen Titans, and I'm super worried about it because it's really not about Teen Titans. Mm. It's about um, it's about some drama in the comic book industry that that you know one domino fell and hit the other, and it, it eventually led to the Teen Titans. But it's not really about Teen Titans, right. and I'm worried that people will click on it and be like, "Ooh, a Teen Titans history video." I'm like. Technically, yes. Um, <laughs> don't expect me to talk about Robin and Starfire and Beast Boy all that much. Right. I mean, they, they make a cameo. <laughs> right. They sure do. At the beginning and the end. So that I bookmark it. And so you think by the end of it, at the start, you're like, oh, this is Teen Titans. And at the end, you know, I'll tie a little ribbon on it and with Teen Titans. And I'll be like, oh, I guess that kind of was what I clicked for. And that's the story of Teen Titans. Not the comic book, but everything that caused it to happen. That's right. That's exactly (laughs) right. Because like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to get into too much of my own video here, but like, yeah, it's, it's about a lot of comic book industry drama and you could take that same story and point it at a different creator and say, this is what this creator did at that time. And I just happened to focus on the, the one guy who, you know, rebooted Teen Titans. No, yeah, I, I totally get it. I'm, I mean, I'm a huge fan of just, 
of examining cause and effect. And yeah. when you follow the chain back uh, far enough, you, you you know you you start with okay, this is what happened, and then you just start pulling the thread a little bit. You often you find some really interesting and surprising little nuggets of 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 information. Be like, oh. I mean, if X didn't happen, well, Y would have happened instead of this. So, I like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I, my biggest problem is I never know when to stop going backwards in time, <laughs> you know? So, it's just like, oh, so this this is what led to this. Well, what led to that? Oh, that's interesting. I got to do that. And, oh, but what led to that? Oh, And then my you're God, just in the I War not? of 1812. Yeah, that's right. Washington, D.C. is burning. I mean, it's... <laughs> but what happened before the Big Bang? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. let's really dive back in there uh no that's fantastic uh in fact i kind of wish i had prepared some like cultural history around scooby-doo 2 monsters unleashed to well, uh, to dive into yeah i mean yeah i mean that would be a thing because this movie's a thing it I, sure I, is. I actually kind of feel like this movie just just emerged from some sort of abyss but uh <laughs> Yeah, very much like... Devoid of context. <laughs> it just came from a, from a timeline that actually does is everywhere and every when and just appeared one day. And there was no cause and effect. <laughs> it was just something that suddenly everybody remembered that it happened, but nobody could understand why. You know, it, the more that I'm, I'm watching this movie, the more that it really does feel like... Because it is a sequel that did get a theatrical release. Right. But it, it doesn't feel that way. It no. feels... It feels like a made-for-TV sort of, it like... It feels like a direct-to-DVD direct yeah. Yeah. Uh, movie that that premiered on ABC. Sure did. Uh, at, like, maybe right after right after Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune, depending mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. you know, your market. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, somehow they roped Peter Boyle, poor Peter Boyle, poor into Peter it. Poor Peter Boyle. <laughs> So have have you seen this movie prior to me asking you to do so? No. Um, okay, great. <laughs> so so yeah, no, it was it was it was uh so here's the thing. Here's some context oh. for my life. Oh, please uh, tell me. Let's see. The first one was what, two thousand two uh, or something? Two thousand two, yes. And Just think of it as the Spider Man movies. They yes. came out the same year as the Spider Man oh, okay. movies. So two thousand two uh, I am a freshman in college, so I am way beyond the target demographic of of Scooby Doo at this point. Uh, yeah, and then 2004 is this one? Yes. Um, yeah. No, I I I, I, re- I I vaguely remembered seeing commercials for it, <laughs> and that was it. And then when it when when I so when I fired this thing up a couple days ago, and uh, the the credits start rolling at the beginning, and first of all. Oh, there, there are just not that many movies in present day that actually give the entire cast and crew yeah. right at the beginning. Oh I, yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's, yeah, it's incredible because like I was even. Um, previous guest of the show griffin uh was he just out of nowhere told me to to start what i've never seen any alfred hitchcock movies ever yeah. uh so he recommended that i watch one uh and i watched one called rope the other day and that was very similar where it had like the entire all the credits played before the movie started and i was like that is kind of weird but now that i think of it 
boy, Scooby Doo has like three minutes of opening credits. Just three That's minutes just, of opening credits. Yeah, through, like a just flying through a really terrible CG city. <laughs> um, I keep meaning to like watch that on half speed to see if there's any interesting uh, Easter eggs or anything, but I, I can't imagine there would yeah, be. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I don't know. I mean, I was. Just watching these credits, though, I was really surprised at who was in it because I was like, oh, man, this this cast would have made an excellent movie in 1998 about some sort of high school thing. Yeah, it does feel like the cast should like, yeah, you're absolutely right. It feels like they grabbed a cast like an aspirational like this is what who we would have casted if we had done it a couple years. Like almost if it was like their first choice. They're like, well, who would we want to cast? Well, we could do all these people, but I don't know. We probably won't fit. We'll find other people. And then by the time they got to like, so who's the cast again? Oh, dang it. We forgot to find new people. Oh, we'll, yeah, just, uh, we'll just take the ones that we thought about. Freddie from- Prince Jr., mm-hmm. uh, Sarah Michelle Geller. Yeah, you know, they're they're all working yeah. still. <laughs> which is which is not to say that like I mean this movie I feel like some of them kind of phoned it in a little bit the yeah. first movie of Scooby Doo though I think they they all kind of had fun to be there right uh, and so I don't want to say that they're terrible actors they're certainly no. not and and honestly if I had to give an honest appraisal I feel like Matthew Lillard like just he did every like he just did he was shaggy I mean yeah. I I he he did Shaggy as well as you can do Shaggy in that particular movie. Yeah. He gave a million percent to that role. <laughs> you know, he was just every, every ounce of energy he had was poured into every frame of screen time. Yeah. I feel. Yeah. Uh, but so yeah, the movie starts off opening credits. Of I'm, course. I, I've never seen the previous one. So it's a little weird. That's great. Did you feel like you missed anything? I feel like I missed a lot because Mystery Inc. is like famous. And I'm like, why are yes. they famous? What what circumstances would have led to them being famous for their I'm going to go ahead and say probably probably not legal activities. I mean, most of what they do is probably falls under some sort of vigilanteism. I mean, it's not, it's not really citizens arrests here. They're just kids breaking and entering on these different properties because, Oh my God, there's a thing be like, well, you're, why are you here? Why, why do you, you know what? That's fair. (laughs) Although I think if we go by the rule of, you know, just try to do, do more good in the world than harm. I think that, that they even out that scale a little bit by yeah. capturing these monsters or who are usually just greedy businessmen or yeah but i mean like, like where who here's the thing is there's no j jones jameson equivalent for monsters for mystery inc you know there's no <laughs> there's well there's heather jasper howe the there's heather jasper howe yeah. turning them against yeah who is who is turning them against uh yeah turning the press against them for sure the the coolsville against yeah. them which yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, so it's interesting that you say you feel like you missed the context of them um, being famous from the first movie because the first movie also opens with them already being famous. So oh, well, that's you didn't miss uh, the way that, that I've been a, trying. <laughs> that is an interesting move. <laughs> the way that I've been trying to describe the two movies to people who haven't seen them is they they borrow so many 
points, like plot points from each other, that one just feels like a, a, diff- a second draft of the other one. Because oh. the first one also revolves around real monsters. Um, the second one, real monsters. Yeah. Uh, the enemy, the foe, is someone from their past who they pissed off. This yep. one, again, someone from the past who they pissed off. Um, and yeah, it's uh, yeah the idea that they're famous, the idea that some members of the gang don't really know what their part, their role is on the team. Very similar all around. It's just, it feels... Yeah, it really does feel like they took the first movie and just kind of gave it a fresh coat of paint and was like, and second yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and that, it's it's a weird creative decision to go with the, like, a, like real monsters in yeah. Scooby-Doo. Because if the cartoon, the recurring theme is mm-hmm. there are no such thing as real monsters, like, yeah. ever. They they just don't exist. <laughs> yes. So that's the, most certainly that's in. This is the thing, right? So uh, in in a lot of Scooby Doo lore, especially at the early stuff, like what, what Scooby Doo, where are you? Or right. what's new Scooby Doo? Or yeah. a, pup, a pup named Scooby Doo? Those are the shows that are really very strictly monsters aren't real. It's always a person in a mask. However, there right. are other shows. Uh, and and animated movies that do reinforce the idea that monsters might be real in this universe. No, Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo was one. Look um, at that. Yeah, Zombie Island is another one that people point to, or even the one of the more recent shows, uh, Mystery Incorporated, it, uh, was very uh, very paranormal. It was kind of a mix, actually. Sometimes the villains hmm. were people, sometimes they weren't. So Scooby Doo kind of has this mixed history of it's like a mixed message, you know? Yeah. Some episodes of some shows will be like. There are, there's nothing paranormal. It's always rational explanations. And then on the other hand, it'll be like, nope, ghosts are real this week. <laughs> but there is nobody under the mask on this one. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's weird. That's an inconsistent... Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't get that. Because I feel... To me, I feel like the bedrock... So, I guess for people who are just vaguely or have a passing familiarity with scooby-doo like the bedrock belief is like yeah there's the monsters there's there's always it's always old man so-and-so um but that's an interesting twist yeah that that, uh, there are series and and movies that have been like oh no that's yeah go ahead it's a real monster yeah, I used to, I, I really, like, used to hate it. My my favorite stuff was the very formulaic, you know, it's a person in a mask, find right. the clues, solve the mystery sort of a thing. Yeah. And, and to me, that still is the heart of Scooby-Doo, is you have to tell a good mystery. And it's hard to, right. I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe Which I'm biased. Which this movie did not. No, I, I was going to say, this movie's a terrible, <laughs> terrible mystery. It's, I don't know, but, so what's interesting about it, though, is the more... I watch it and the more that people who listen to this podcast watch it and tweet at me uh, interesting stuff, we're finding more clues and more like... My biggest problem with the mystery of this movie is it's just not very clear. It's not very laid out of, you know, who the villain would be in the end or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. And, uh, but we're finding, we're starting to find little tiny things. It's like, oh, I guess that must have been a clue. I guess, I guess that must have been but, a Chekhov's gun. Yeah. 
like the one that still I, I I'm sorry to everyone who's been listening to this podcast, but it still blows my mind. Uh, a fan reached out and said the scene where Shaggy uh, drinks the potion and his body turns into a, a woman's body, right? Mm-hmm. That is supposed to be a clue because his head stays the same. So that's supposed to be a clue that Jonathan Jacobo. Uh, uses that potion to turn into Heather Jasper Howe, but still has to wear a mask over his head because his head stays the same. So, like, that wasn't just some, like, weird comedic bit. That was a clue that we were supposed to be paying attention to. That's how he turns into Heather Jasper Howe. Yeah. I mean, I guess, and I now that you pointed out, like, yeah, good on them, that's in there. I think the linkage between that scene and what follows is not... Yeah, there's it's like it's not nearly strong enough to be like, no, for because to me, a good uh, reveal, right? When you for when you know that you had the clues all along is when the reveal happens and you're like, oh, and there's no oh moment. It's like, of course, of course, it was this this lady that was so nasty. And it, it was probably that dude that that died mysteriously because he tried to escape. It, I mean, it, 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 yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. This is something that I've been talking about for ages. Like a good mystery should be when you have all the pieces, but you didn't quite put them together, and then once the reveal happens, you're like, oh, of course, like that. There, you're you're right. There should be that moment, and uh, that's not at all. Like f- for example, even just changing up that potion scene because Shaggy just reaches in and grabs a random one. But right. if that was on like some sort of pedestal or something that separated it from the other ones then you'd be like oh there's something about this potion that that's interesting like, or that if, would at least add to or it or if it was like the only one because right. it, well because, you know they couldn't do that because they had to turn you know scooby into the tasmanian devil and, of course you know, yeah, yeah. he had to become a cartoon somehow yeah, because they, they, they even had a potion that turned Scooby into a monster, and you'd think the guy, Jacobo, who's obsessed with creating real monsters, would just do that. Like would just, that, would just use a potion to make a real monster. He would just use that potion that clearly already works to make real monsters, but it's, instead... With this weird, circuitous plan of stealing the old costumes and imbuing yeah. them with a life force, yeah. which... By the way, did any has anyone brought up the ethics of using a device to just like mass murder these monsters because they are clearly sentient beings at this point? Oh, you're talking like when they revert to when they revert all of them. Oh, the Mystery Inc. just straight up Mystery kills Inc. Life. just just straight up murders them. They yeah. it's like it's it's not like it's not like they're illusions. They are individual. They are creatures with thoughts, yeah. and even though they are, they kind of are taking on the characteristics of the suit that they are inhabiting. Mm-hmm. They are still a, a a thing, a living being or undead being, whatever. They are, yeah. they are something. Yeah, and, and you know, because some of yes, yeah, some of them do talk and and have conversations. So they're they're clearly sentient and they're they're smart and they're conscious of of their actions and they're right. Yeah. That's an interesting point. <laughs> <laughs> the Mystery Ink Gang are murderers. That's what I'm hearing. Because, like, you could say that, like, some of them are just, like, like beasts. And so if you were being right. attacked by a beast, then, like, you know, Batman, has no, yourself. Batman has no problems killing a monster, but it's just killing 
people, I guess, is his his issue. Right. Um, but yeah, if you're like the skeleton creatures, I don't maybe not even them. They they seem to have a little bit too much life to them. I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to decide. That where, there's that. Where do you it's draw fuzzy. the line? It's and fuzzy. Yeah. It just brings up the, all these ethical questions of where do you draw the line, and do you have even the right yeah. to draw that line? Yeah. <laughs> what gives you the right, Scooby Doo? <laughs> Just because you can surf on a fire extinguisher all cool doesn't mean you get to immediately, you know, that doesn't justify your actions of removing life from this world. This man, Jacobo, was able to imbue inanimate objects with life. With life. And, like, nobody cared. Nobody wanted to look into that. (laughs) They were just monsters. Mm -hmm. And maybe if if, if it was about finding a way to communicate with them... Yeah, but uh, yeah, no. you know what? Uh, you know what? A better ending would be for me if they if the monsters weren't destroyed, but if they f- were able to uh, y- find like jobs for them that they would right. all be good at, like like, like in the, the real world. What was it? The the ten thousand volt ghost or something like that? Yeah, like I mean, come on, that guy can provide like power to sustainable energy sustainable energy (laughs) to even just to coolsville that would be like an interesting that would be a nice little twist i mean they even at the museum in the beginning fred makes a joke that the tar monster would pave your driveway for free so let's get a cutaway where he's actually paving driveways (laughs) like Like, there's so many setups like james gunn come on man you missed so many opportunities that's a fantastic ending i would love i would love to know everyone on twitter or Instagram or wherever. Tell me what job you think each monster would be good at. Because I feel like some of them might be difficult. Uh, the pterodactyl monster, I don't know, he could be like a Postmates delivery guy or something like <laughs> of that. Of course. Yeah, I mean, think about those those uh, uh, delivery times would be cut down. You're just soaring through the skies. That's pretty good. There's no roads. Mm-hmm. Where we, we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> That's right. I, I, don't, I have no idea what the skeleton guys could do I, I feel like they would just perform like a, a vaudeville comedy act, right no you know? yeah they would be like uh oh what are those those two puppets like the husband and wife puppets that you always see at the i don't know i i can't remember the name of them oh, is that is that is that problematic is that that are those puppets problematic doesn't the the the, the husband beat the wife in that i don't know what you're rem- referring to oh yeah i'll i'll dig it up it's, okay it's <laughs> It's like one of those. It's like one of those like puppet shows where it's you know they yeah. they kind of looked like the Mister Rogers uh, puppets. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I don't know, but that sounds that sounds right up their alley. Something <laughs> like they would do. I'm uh and one other thing. So the ten thousand volt ghost, yeah. and I'm I'm doing a, a little bit of quick research uh as to the voice actor mm-hmm. um i'm just scrolling down his imdb page by the way the guy has thousands upon thousands of credits oh what's his name um his name is d bradley baker of course it is i love that man and no um so I, I I was trying to see if his if he was responsible because the 10,000 volt ghost i feel like is modeled after Either um, there's another there's a monster in the Ghostbusters animated cartoon series. It was either Sam Hain or mm-hmm. uh, the Doomsday Door, um, but mm. it, it would the the sim- oral similarities just struck me. Yeah, I uh, there's been a couple other people that that say 
uh, he sounds a lot like Starscream from Transformers. Yes, also and I, Starscream. I definitely, I definitely hear that for sure. Yeah, I don't know, but I thought I love that that monster, the ten thousand volt ghosts. Is yeah, th- th- one of the scariest ones. And that, and I, I have to give the credit them credit. The design of a lot of these monsters was really very cool. I mean, obviously, a lot of them were based on the cartoon series, but yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, bringing them to real life because the ten thousand volt ghost in the cartoon series looked like an orange blob that had some glowy lines around it. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, and I've said this before, I've said it a lot, but the ten thousand volt ghost is the only one of this fully CGI ghosts that I think still holds up today. Right. Like you could just slap that in a in a modern movie and it would be still totally fine. I think. Yeah, I agree. It's pretty good. Uh, so. Uh, good movie best movie what are your thoughts did you enjoy it at least um i i i'm I'm measuring my thoughts (laughs) i'll Um, take that uh that pause as you're not entirely sure how much you want to phrase it (laughs) well here i'll put it like this it seems like a movie that everybody was contractually obligated to do (laughs) You're probably not wrong, if I had to guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't imagine it's uh, any movie that the actors are uh, super proud of yeah. being a part, at least for the for the primary cast of, yeah. uh, of characters. I'm sure that there are some... I mean, look, if I was involved in this movie in any... There's just like an extra in the background of like one of the dancing sequences, right. uh, which is kind of an issue that I had to say one of the dancing sequences. One of but. the dancing sequences. <laughs> but you know what? It was early 2000s and really it was a kid's movie, so it had mm. to have a dance sequence. It had to have at least one. And this had a couple and also they had a freestyle rap in the middle with shaggy and scooby when they were making the monsters yeah good stuff i don't know why that that rap sequence never sticks with me i think it's just because the camera work doesn't focus on shaggy and scooby so it's just kind of like it's just kind of noise in the background as monsters are i actually forgot that it happened until you mentioned it yeah see that's weird i wonder how many other people are the same way like because i it took me until like the first week of watching this to realize oh are they rapping right now like it, it just didn't even register with my brain are you sure know. this isn't some sort of like mandela effect oh are you God. you're just <laughs> did it actually happen <laughs> the mandela effect of scooby-doo 2 monsters unleashed <laughs> i feel like that would be if, if it was anything it would be um uh the kfc burger king product placement uh which i don't know if you I've said this a lot on this podcast, but it's, I apologize. It's one of my favorite things about this movie. Yeah. There, there are two different versions of this film. Uh, the Netflix version has KFC product placement, and the original had Burger King product placement. So Interesting. Yeah. And uh, somebody posted to on Twitter a um, a the version of Burger King. I guess they, it was on DVD or something mm-hmm. uh, and uh, a couple different versions of it. And yeah, it's just really interesting to see the, uh, the differences because there's a part in the, in the KFC one where it's very clearly like 80 yard in Matthew Lillard's like, <laughs> why can't we ever go investigate a KFC or something? When, <laughs> when, uh, or it's like, well, it's supposed to it really, it sounds more like, why can't we ever go investigate a KFC or something? <laughs> like, KFC. <laughs> 
<laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah, uh, it's just it's very clearly ADR'd at that point. But the but the original Burger King version, it just it actually shows him saying Burger King with his mouth. So like zoinks, like zoinks. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be saying zoinks when you see these deals, Scoob. Three ninety nine for a sadness bowl. <laughs> I can't even tell you what KFC serves. I've never been to a KFC in like probably over a decade. Oh uh, yeah, uh, I I feel like I've been to one recently, and I, I it's it's a bucket. It. Everything is, is by that, bucket. That is, that's so silly to me. Like, it's it's just, I don't know if it's unintentionally funny or just very genuinely funny. The fact that, like, they serve food in a bucket. I like, mean... that's so funny. It is just, I feel like it's some sort of, uh, it's some sort of commentary. Yeah. Um, I don't know specifically on what, but... Because, um, like, they could easily just do, like, a box. But yeah. the fact that they were like bucket, a bucket of chicken, like that's 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 just so ridiculous sounding. Like, oh yeah, yeah I'm gonna go pick up dinner. It's gonna be a bucket of chicken. Like, I don't know. Am I the only one who thinks that's funny? Right. No, I think. Um, no, I I think people like if if Alexis de Tocqueville could could travel into the future and <laughs> see that what America had become you would rethink uh, you know I do think a bucket of fried chicken is very clearly that's like that's America's patronus I think it's just a bucket of fried chicken <laughs> oh god that's He's like, Good this, stuff. This is where democracy in America ends. That's right. <laughs> oh my god! I will say I haven't pointed this out yet, um, but somebody. And I, I, I apologies that I keep forgetting all, all of you great Twitter users uh, sent me the deleted scenes from this movie because they're obviously not available on Netflix. And uh, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, num- it fixes a lot of issues that I had. So, like for example. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't fix a lot of structural plot problems, I'll tell you that, but it fixes it fixes a couple minor tweaks. Like for example, the fact that there are no Scooby snacks in this movie. There is a deleted scene where Shaggy and Scooby partake in a Scooby snack right before they bump into a minor 49er. Okay, uh, at, that, at the end. That really cuz it, yeah. it it gives them a little bit of courage. And they right. also have a heart-to-heart talk about like how much they love each other and the gang and everything like that. It's very sad actually. So I I imagine that's probably why they cut it. Yeah, it's a little uh, bit of it's a little bit of a bummer because it would have came around the same time where Fred and Daphne also had like the so this is it huh <laughs> you know yeah. there's just too much too much sadness in that in that area you know but, yeah go go ahead oh no I was just gonna move on to other deleted scenes but if you had something to add there so I I, I was just actually thinking you know we because we talked about um about Matthew Lillard and I actually have to give some credit to uh, Linda Cardellini. for her Velma because I feel like she really leaned into like the you know just doing that voice for an entire movie I mean that earns some credit (laughs) it absolutely does and I think she even just some of her line deliveries as Velma were genuinely funny which I appreciate like because I don't know. Some of Fred and Daphne were, were tricky. I, I think are characters that are kind of tricky to nail the personality in. Cause they're kind of, 
I, for lack of a better word, I keep saying bland. They're not like bland, but I don't know. They just don't have quirks and characteristics that like stand out the way that like Shaggy and Velma do. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the having her commit to even in the very serious moments, still kind of doing an, a little nasally voice or whatever. Right. It's it's very uh, well. Even the the deleted scene where where Shaggy's getting all serious talking with with Scooby, like he Matthew Lillard still has to do the Shaggy voice and also be sad right. about everything. I mean, you see that a little bit when they're on the kitchen floor and they're talking about how they're screw ups and at right. the beginning of the movie. So props props to both of them. Yeah, they they sure. really. And I mean, I've I've loved Linda Cardellini since um, since Freaks and Geeks. Of so course, that's so seeing her and it was a it was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, and the fact that her acting career is still going, whereas a couple other people in this movie maybe not so much. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. Well, Peter Boyle is dead, so that's not fair. Yeah, you know what? He gets a pass. I think he gets a pass. Come he gets on. A pass. <laughs> Uh, but yeah uh, no fred fred and daphne because you were referring to their like their kind of like blandness yeah and i, I want to call it uh, i don't know if i'll be the one to coin this it's kind of like the the hannah barbera bland lead like yeah. i've because I've, i feel like a lot of hannah barbera animations had at least like he like the character that is the protagonist yeah that has no defining characteristics like Fred's ascot is—it's just something he wears. Yeah. But other than that, what what do you know about Fred? <laughs> yeah, really nothing except I've been trying really hard to read into some of their character arcs because uh, mm-hmm. you know at, the more you watch it, the more you pick up on little tiny things. And Fred is still difficult to me. Like Daphne, I think I cracked Daphne a couple episodes ago, but right. Fred is so tricky. He's like. I think he just wants to he wants to be the leader and like show off a little bit, which is why he's always in front of the press, but he screws up and he doesn't really know how to handle it. He doesn't really know how to handle failure that well. I don't know. It's not really much of an art. He has this whole bit about, um, you know, masculinity or something about like talking's for wimps. It's time for action. And then later he's like the Black Knight ghost is saying, um, echoes the same thing and fred's like you gotta embrace your sensitive side you can't fool me with that macho facade so it's like it just i don't know it like it's weirdly comes out of nowhere that macho fred's character arc is his realization of toxic masculinity that's what it it feels like that but it feels like it's out of nowhere because like it only happens like 40 minutes into the movie and very briefly so i feel like there and there was no deleted scene that cleared that up either so unfortunately Unfortunately, there was, however, a, uh, a really long deleted scene at the um, you remember how the museum gets robbed a second time mm-hmm. and all the monster costumes are taken away. Yeah, that there's a scene of that happening and it does help set up a couple additional things like um, the cotton candy glob is actually seen. Uh, in like full detail about to be stolen, which I, which is one of my biggest issues is I feel like they didn't establish that monster very right. well until yeah. it popped up. Um, but the, it's like this really kind of just super dumb scene where the two security guards who are at the museum 
are like rubbing up against the the carpet on the ground to like give each other static electricity shocks <laughs> and there's and they're doing that so much that they miss the fact the black knight ghost and the 10,000 volt ghost come in to steal the rest of the costumes and of course the punchline is right as the two guards are about to give each other a little static electricity shock yet again the 10,000 volt ghost grabs both of them and they're both electrocuted presumably <laughs> dead um well, yeah, I mean, 10,000 volts is a lot. Yeah, and then the uh, Black Knight Ghost gives a big speech about, like, stealing the uh, the rest of the costumes for the evil masked figure. Something uh, that definitely deserved a speech. Right. Like, I wish they at least set up... You could have set up the... The only thing that that really fixes for me is the fact that the cotton candy glob was established a little better. But, like, right. you could have you done that anywhere else in the film, I feel. And they... Yeah. Uh, they just didn't. Just a cutaway at the beginning yeah, showing well, that there's a cotton candy yeah, monster. The one that, the thing that I keep pointing out is they make an effort to talk about Chickenstein in, in the museum, but Chickenstein never comes back at all. So just substitute it with the cotton candy glob and you're good and, to go. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> there's, there's issues with this movie. There, there are a lot of issues, and I expected better from a trauma alum. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder how much... Because I've gotten, I've had a couple of people with different opinions on, but I wonder how much um, was, you know, written the way or like, you know, done the way that James Gunn wanted to in the original script, and like yeah. how much was just was changed because of like studio heads and. And yeah, that's that's a good question. And I used to, I think I used to know a bit, a bit more about like some of the rules with uh, accreditation on screenplays. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I don't know. So I know for so if he if it says like screenplay by, um, he at least had to have physically wrote most of it, right? Yeah. So like a story by credit doesn't necessarily mean yeah, that they. That's kind of like a treatment, right? Yeah. Um. He he was the one who actually typed a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he if if screenplay by is in the credits, so. Yeah, a lot of things could have been changed on set, and I wouldn't be surprised if there was uh, scenes that just weren't even filmed, and then scenes that weren't in the script that were filmed. And I would probably yeah. throw like the dance sequence as something, dance sequences. That's right, as something that might not have been in the original script. But at the same time, it's also giving like, I mean, or maybe James Gunn just just didn't care. I don't know. This was yeah. 2004 was like an odd time for him. He really hadn't made where what was he? he hadn't made like Slither yet or anything, I don't think right? So, no. No. Um so I I, I don't know. I, I yeah. it, it might have just been a in a weird spot in his career where he they're like, we just need somebody to write this. Just, yeah, shove it out, get some money, <laughs> make some, uh, make something else that you're proud of. Right. Uh, but, like, you know, the dance sequences are interesting because, like, this movie does spend a lot of time doing musical things. And music has been a big part of Scooby's history. They always had, like, a musical chase montage. But the music in this wasn't, I don't know, like, it, it felt more distracting than than you know the way that in the old cartoons it would be a part of the episode and it would right. feel like uh like a fun gimmick or trope of of, of scooby-doo this just kind of felt like it, i don't know yeah it just felt very jarring yeah compared to the rest of it 
Yeah, and and Scooby was like a little too much on his hind legs in that scene. It's just a, I don't yeah. know. It, it it threw me off. Maybe no, it's you're, just you're not the first person to say that. So feel yeah, you, you're justified. I know. I it is it is odd, and uh, yeah, it's it's that sequence is not my favorite. I think it goes on for too long, and. Yeah, I, I don't know, like, because the whole point of that dance scene, well, this has been pointed out before, but that whole scene at the faux ghost did nothing to this plot. Nothing happened there. Right. It was just, because they went there to see uh, Old Man Wickles to see what he was up to, but he didn't do anything there. It was later when he was doing his investor meeting thing, and they followed him into that and found the potions and blah, blah, blah. Right. But... There was nothing happening at the faux ghost. There was no clues or information that was necessary to the plot. You could cut that entirely yep. and and you would be totally fine. So I just have so many. So the reason, so like the fact that I just imagine somebody had to fight for that scene <laughs> and I can't figure out why. Just imagine really passionate arguments on the set about how the dance sequence at the faux ghost was integral yeah, <laughs> to the, the success like, or failure of this. Like, am I missing something? Like, is there some <laughs> crucial clue or detail that like would have put it all together? Because the most that we got is is well, it's not even. Old man Wickles is talking about how like you know oh it's not great to be a villain and and you know we're all just pretending to you know improve ourselves, but there was nothing that needed to be whatever. But then he immediately snaps and is just like, but I still hate Mystery Inc. So it's not like it was them clearing up his, you know, the right. fact that he could or could not be the the ghost. Because uh, that doesn't happen until later. Where it's just right. like, oh, no, it's the investor thing again. Yeah. So I don't know. I just can't figure it out. If you know, if you at home listening know of any crucial detail <laughs> or element that happened in this sequence, please do not hesitate to reach out to me because it has been bothering me. <laughs> and you know what? You, you mentioned the, the fact that he, he was actually having like a, a, a real introspective moment. I feel like this movie does its best to to drive towards a scene where a character is hitting some sort of emotional pay dirt and just, just veer as hard away from it as possible. Yeah. <laughs> it's so... It's so... Because Patrick is a character that I keep getting confused by because his emotions like the the way that seth green played him um was so confusing to me especially when when he's at the shrine with velma and right. he just he's acting very creepy right and very strange there's and no it, and there's no like there's no explanation for it no and then the very next scene is like him kind of chasing after her and then they have this heart to heart where he's like what does your heart say and you know they have a good <laughs> well your heart says you were just chasing after me you freak yeah well that's the thing no that's what the facts say the that's facts, what the facts are saying the facts say you're the monster you're behind it all and they still do say that like i'm never gonna get over this but who put the trap door in the museum for the pterodactyl ghost? If not Patrick, he is the curator of the museum. Who else could have done that? <laughs> yeah, but uh, because when, when all the clues when all the clues come together, and it's that it, you know 
there's that scene where they first enter the monster hut or the monster hive. They, right. they refer to it in both ways. Um, and, you know, Velma does the, Patrick's the one. And she starts putting all the pieces together. Like, it does make a lot of sense. It makes right. way too much sense to be anyone else. Like, everything that they're saying, like he would need the original pterodactyl ghost costume. Who else would have that but the curator of the museum? Great. He he would also need to install the trapdoor in the museum. Who else would do that but Patrick? Him. Uh, he he wanted, wanted to get close to them so he could find out how much information they knew. That also makes a lot of sense. Like, I don't... Because you could even trace back that... How would Jacobo have the original pterodactyl right. ghost costume if the museum had it? I don't know. It's Right. No, I, I think there is another deleted scene after Jacobo is arrested where, like, the feds just come into town and arrest, like, Patrick and a bunch of other co-conspirators, like, under the RICO Act or something like that. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, it, if the answer was all of them. Like, all of them. <laughs> all of the suspects are in on it. Even right, old man Wickles in some capacity. It's, it's like, it's like, it, it's, it's like hot fuzz, basically. <laughs> yeah. It's literally everyone in the town is in on it. <laughs> Now that would be, that would be. I I think I kind of want a Scooby Doo movie done by Edgar Wright. Oh God, yes. I think that might be amazing, but I'm yeah. not sure. No, it absolutely would be. He would be able to to capture the uh, the cartoony aesthetic of of that universe and make all of those tropes feel like they belong. Because my favorite movie on the entire planet is Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah. And I feel like he was able to take very comic booky video game aesthetic and just make it a part of the world without any explanation whatsoever. And it just right. felt, it just feels good. And I feel like he'd be able to do the same for Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Edgar Wright for Scooby-Doo 3. That's right. And I've pitched this title before, but I'm standing by it. Scooby-Doo 3, Monsters Unleashed 2. Give it to me. I need it. Sponsored by KFC. <laughs> Everyone in the theater gets a free bucket of chicken. Check under your seat for your free bucket of chicken. We're not going to tell you how long it's been there. At least since the previous weekend, so... <laughs> Ooh. no uh <laughs> yeah this uh this movie has problems obviously i've not obviously. tried to hide that uh but i hope you at least enjoyed watching it uh, <laughs> i enjoyed watching it i think okay. i enjoyed talking to you more about it <laughs> all right thank you i i've said this before but like th this podcast is it, it's a time requirement for a lot of people because not only do you have to sit down and talk about this movie but you also have to watch it first and yeah, so that's, that's like that's like two hours or so of can't skip the homework no unfortunately i wish i mean i don't i've never done an episode so far where only i've watched it that might be <laughs> fun i almost did one the other day i had a guest on who's like i've not seen this movie and i was just like uh you don't have to and i was pleasantly surprised that they did and i was like oh thank god <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah but that's what makes it fun. Talking it about this weird movie with a bunch of awesome people from the internet. And it's, I especially appreciate that even on day 25, you brought in a bunch of new fun stuff for me to talk about. I, I, the, the thing that is still exciting to me 
uh, to think about is what job would all the monsters have? <laughs> what job would all the monsters have if they had taken the ethical yeah. route? If they just, yeah, if Scooby-Doo was ethical, which I think we can all agree now that they are absolutely murderers. They are just, they are just, a, they are the real monsters. Yeah. That's right. That's the tagline for Scooby-Doo 2. When they say monsters unleashed, they mean the inner monsters of Mystery Inc. by the end of it. Uh, good times. Uh, Kevin, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> for being Thanks on this for podcast. having me. <laughs> Where can people find more of you and what you do on the internet? Uh, yeah, you can find me at youtube.com slash arcadeology. Um, and if you're feeling, uh, spunky, you can check me out on iTunes as well. Just search for Arcadeology and the podcast version of my content should come up. Fantastic. I love when I get people on who can plug other podcasts. Cause I feel like that's the easiest like lateral move to, you know, you're already listening on like iTunes or something. Presumably just, just search for search for a brand new pod because this podcast is going away after 31 days that's it <laughs> so getting people more hooked on more stuff yeah exactly it. fantastic uh, you can follow me if you want to uh on twitter or instagram at scott nice i do a live streams on instagram occasionally talking about scooby-doo stuff um and i never plug this at all but I, because i talked it I talked about it at the beginning of this uh podcast if you want to hear me talk about comic books and superheroes and eventually scooby-doo stuff in video form I, do have, I know i do have a youtube channel it's the main thing that i do so if you found me through some other means um go check out nerd sync n-e-r-d-s-y-n-c on youtube that's the where s put, is capitalized it sure is and it's all one word so Go check that out and don't spell it wrong. I'm going to get a bunch of people who are spelling it wrong on purpose now because they know it bothers me. Oh, the internet. Oh, the internet. It's my favorite. And thank you to everyone who has uh, has been writing some great reviews on... I, I know I plug writing reviews on iTunes a lot, but I did see that we also had a review on Stitcher. So thank you to the person who did that as well. Uh, I appreciate all of you taking the time out to do that. And I do want to read off some more of your reviews in a future episode. In fact, previous guest, Tayson Day, uh, said that he would want to read off some of your reviews in his uh, lovely voice that he is famous for. On Holy the heck, you had Tayson Day on the show? Yeah, that was uh, yesterday, actually. So <laughs> you, are, you are following Tayson Day. How does that feel? <laughs> wow. Uh, it feels, feels good. Feels well, good, good to follow, follow Chocolate Rain. <laughs> uh well fantastic i think that's it uh would you like to join me in doing our best scooby dooby doo to end the show yeah i mean are we are we going are we going the scooby pronunciation or or what well oh, you we can feel? do you can do however you want i just say scooby dooby doo because right. it's just easier for guests to understand what i'm saying but because yeah. if i was like do you want to do our best yeah like that i can't do his i can't do a scooby voice okay. to save yeah. my life but you uh -oh. know what do what feels right i'm gonna do what feels right all right let's do it and i will it's been day 25 and i've not asked a guest to do this even though i should have been doing it for weeks i will ask or i will request that you maybe back it away an inch or two from the microphone because sometimes <laughs> people yell it in and it just like blows out the entire audio so yep are you ready? We'll do a countdown. I'm ready. Three, two, one. Gooby! Gooby! Gooby!